Opera. Take it away for the bonus episode. Welcome to League One Fun, presented by the Beautiful Game Network and brought to you by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. Like Jason just said, this is our bonus episode. Uh, it'll be episode 28. It's halfway through the season, Jason, so we, we decided it. we decided we're going to do an all-star uh, game amongst ourselves. Yeah, and uh, who would have thought halfway through the season – We've got two players already signed with MLS deals, and I think that by the end of the season, we might have as many as 10. Could be a lot more, yeah. And and I suspect that for a few of these teams, especially given how how early our season ends compared to some of the MLS seasons, that some players might get signed but still play, especially for those teams that are going into the playoffs, right? So, right. Um, you know, I know Ricardo Pepe we might not see, or if we do, maybe it's, you know, a little later in the season if they're making their run into the playoffs. But, but I would imagine that some of these teams are going to say, hey, you know, we'd like to keep these players because we got a chance of lifting some hardware here. Yep. All right, so here's how we're going to do this. We are going to pick players. Jason won the toss, so he'll pick first, and then we'll just go back and forth picking our starting 11 for our various all-star teams. I will keep track, and uh, you will find on our Twitter feed a poll, uh, and you will vote on which team you think has the best chance of winning. We will not pick any particular players. We have agreed on playing a 4-3-3 formation with a holding midfielder, a, a number six if you have, and then two midfielders, either sixes or eight, uh, either six, eights, or tens ahead of them, uh, one striker, two wingers, and a back four. So with that, Jason, you have the first pick, so you're on the clock. Let's say that you have uh, two minutes to make your pick and tell us why you picked that player. Okay, and we're and another rule is they had to have played seven games, right? Right, yeah, exactly. So they okay. have to have played so. at least half of the games that were played so far. Some teams that I know have only played 12 games. Others have played 15. So seven is probably a good number. So for everyone wondering why Ricardo Pepe is not on either of our teams, that is why he's only played six games so far this year. Uh, But yeah, with the number one, even if he had played this many, I think I'm going to go who I think is on both sides of the ball, uh, the most standout player in the league, and that's Arturo Rodriguez. Uh, Taking my guy first. So why why Rodriguez? You're going to build your whole team around Arturo Rodriguez. I am. And like I said, it's because it's it's both sides of the ball with him, right? So even though, you know, he lacks in size, he's leading the league in chances created. He leads the league in assists. And out of the 222 duels that he's had, he's won more than half of them. So I don't think the size really matters as much. And also uh, for as all the offensive power that he's had with those chances created, the assists and the three goals he's added, tackling, he has 32 tackles won, which is a lead league, uh, a league leading one, right? And he's only attempted 50 tackles. So he's only leaving his feet when he has to and when he's tracking back. And he's winning 64% of that, which is, you know, in the top 10 for the league for people over 50 uh, tackles made. So, yeah, I think Arturo is a standout. I'd be absolutely shocked if FC Dallas doesn't lock him down for MLS homegrown contract. Uh, I think week after week, he's just the most consistent player in this league, and he is the most standout to me. 
that's uh, I you know he was my number one too for exactly the same reasons. I mean, box the box guy, and and you know more than likely he'll end up uh, if not this season because we know FC Dallas does have a, a very deep bench of midfielders, but it's very possible that um, in the off season that'll end up on FC Dallas, especially since there's some rumors that some guys might be getting traded um, in uh, in this summer window even. So I'm actually going to pick another MLS2 player. I went back and forth. Instead of picking a midfielder, since you took mine, I might – I'm see, now now this becomes hard for me. Because <laughs> now I'm in between picking two forwards, either the leading goal scorer or a player who, if you add goals plus assists, is actually in the lead. Yep, So, um, and you know I'm going to take the other ones. Yeah, so. I know, exactly. So I have to take one of these two guys off the board because otherwise I'm picking them in the second round. So I think I'm going to go, since you have a North Texas player, I think I'm going to go with a TFC2 player wow. and take Mr. Perusa. Okay. Um, I'm a little upset by that. I was I actually had him first on my striker list. Yeah, and it's, so this means that you'll probably get Ronaldo Damas, who is currently the golden boot leader. But, um, you know, Perusa, what I like about him is he's your classic – he's young, but he's also your classic target striker. So, um, you know, he doesn't really get frazzled. He's good at holding up the ball. He gets a lot of assists as well. So even though, you know, he has uh, – um, uh, you know, five goals, he has four assists. So, you know, he's a guy who he's going to go out there and – be you know be able to get my wingers the ball easily and, and run onto them. So even if he is on an island, I think it's an island that with very deep roots and uh, a high mountain for him to uh, to get on. He's also good with his head. Um, he has really good movement. Um, he's not going to be away uh, for the couple of games that he missed when he went to uh, the DA Cup. Uh, and in the DA Cup, he did reasonably well also. Um, so I think uh, the team didn't do that well, but but he had a, a pretty decent run there. So he's going to be my I pick Jason. Yeah. And I, you know, like I said, he was my number one striker too. And for what we were talking about, not just a shooting ability, he's a clinical finisher. And as you saw last week, right, just put that ball in a place to where, you know, no keeper was going to get it, but he, his passing is just incredible. He's got an 85% passing accuracy and 80% passing accuracy in the opponent's half. So he, when it comes to fast breaks and when it comes to buildups, kind of controls that offense as far as what happens. And so when you saw the goal last week, for instance, against Ford, it was a give and go. So he has the ability to where he can pass through balls, he can give it, he can create, or he has the run style and the off-ball run movement to where he can give, give and go, set himself up in the back corner for headers. Yeah, just an all-around great striker. Yeah, so so you know we, we'll talk more about that on our week review show. But but I think that goal that you described against uh, is a perfect exemplar because he also came back and checked to the ball, and the center back actually fed him the ball. He then gave basically had the second assist, the MLS assist on himself, if you will, where he uh, did the ball off to uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Waja, right, and yep. um, and got the ball back and was able to finish one time uh, lower left. So very clinical as well as as good off the ball. So great guy, Jason. You're yes. on the clock for your second pick. Yeah, if I don't take him, you are. Uh, so I got to go, Ronaldo Damas, um, Golden Boot leader right now, nine goals. Uh, also good with passing though. He's had eight key passes, uh, has an assist. Uh, but you know what I also like about Ronaldo is he comes back as well, right? So he's uh, had seven clearances, 12 tackles won, which is more than Perusa. Um, and he's just a clinical shooter. He can do it with his head. He's a 61% shooting accuracy right now. Uh, but the one thing he does 
a lot better than Perusa as he draws fouls. And in fact, I think he's probably the best at drawing fouls in the league other than Steve St. Duke. So what that does is it allows for momentum to change, allows for free kicks, for guys to get rest. And so he's just a tireless, you know, just always constantly running, making the right runs and just causing havoc. Um, so the offense, you know, when you have Arturo Rodriguez and you have these great passers for North Texas, doesn't have to really revolve around him. And that's what makes him dangerous because all like when you look at his nine goals, you know, six of them are pretty much running behind people and him timing those runs perfectly. So, yeah, it's just when in that system, especially if he has Arturo Rodriguez feeding him the ball, he, it doesn't rely much on him to create. It just relies on him to finish. And I just realized there's one more rule that we uh, that we had agreed on that we didn't note, and that's that we're going to try and limit it to three players from each uh, team. So no more. Yeah. So we can't just have a whole team of North Texas since they're right. in first place. So so you're on two North Texas players already. I have a difficult choice to make, um, but I actually think that I'm going to take a brother uh, of your first pick. And wow. pick for my number 10, I'm going to take David Rodriguez. Okay. And David plays for North Texas. You know, he combines with his brother. He's much younger than his brother. So I'm, I'm really, you know, hashtag player kids, if nothing else on this team so far. Uh, it, that won't be that way for much longer. But he uh, he passes dribbles and I think has a very high upside. And I think that if you're trying to make it an attacking team that wants to uh, go good on the break, um, I, I think that he can combine really well with someone like a Perusa and ping those through balls. So, you know, clearly his brother is very instrumental in what he does just because their chemistry is so good. But that's something that I want to take away from you also. Um, so <laughs> he was going to be your third uh, North Texas pick. You know, um, you know, what's funny. We're such nerds that we are choosing our teams based off how they would do with chemistry as well. Like that's probably the nerdiest thing I think I've ever heard in my life. Like that, people that's people true. are going to look at this and go, yeah, just choose the best 11 players. We're like, well, yeah, but you know, when they can intersect well with each other and Rodriguez can move out as a, as an eight, it doesn't have, yeah, we're just, we're nerds. Well, <laughs> It's I hey I don't deny it I, I call myself a nerd all the time but but I think one of the things that that is underappreciated is a soccer IQ and I think one of the things that you'll see with a lot of buy picks is that they're players with very what who what I estimate is very high soccer IQ so they can play in um, in various systems they're not won't be necessarily locked down to one uh, to, to one particular style of play um, so you know where, where you have some other players um, you, you know like like I didn't for just as an example like and this might sound crazy I don't have BDM on my list okay. and one of the reasons I don't have BDM on my list is not because he's not a great player but because I think that he's limited in what systems he could really excel in and it, you know so I think he's he's been much better in the transition system and being able to play in uh, uh, in, in kind of a, a fast build-up kind of way and I'm not sure that he could play counterattack, which is, you know, kind of how I'm going here. So you probably have an idea about who some of my defenders are yeah, going to be. Well, after that. Duly noted, don't hesitate or don't feel rushed to pick BB. Yes. Thank you for that. For that. <laughs> you got it. Okay. <laughs> go ahead, Jason. You're on the clock. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to go to the defensive side because I feel like my 10 still going to be there. Um, and I was, when I was looking at this list and looking at depth, 
when I was looking at right backs, there's not too, too many standout right backs in the league. I think on the left side, there's a good amount, but on the right side, you can give or take. So I'm just going to go ahead and go with the most dynamic one. Um, and I'm going to go Connor Antley um, just because both sides of the ball. Um, my thing is too, is I like to have guys that can play different positions or feel comfortable playing in different positions and playing different parts of the field, you know, 12 key passes, three goals, three assists. Uh, but then when you look at the de defensive side of it, 24 clearances and 21 interceptions. So he's a guy that can go up and create chances, but he's also a guy that can get back and intercept the ball. So yeah, I'm going to go Connor. Um, I was a player of the month for the first month of USL league one. And I don't think he slowed down since I think he has, he brings a dynamic to a team because of his versatility. So I'm actually going to pick someone from South Georgia Tormenta as well. Um, I'm going to be picking a center back. I'm going to pick Mr. Phelps. Okay. Uh, you know, I think he's underappreciated. You know, one of the reasons why he doesn't get the plaudits I think that he deserves is that he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And at the same time, he's not super flashy, but he's more solid than most other center backs in the league. Doesn't uh, foul a ton. Doesn't get a lot of yellow cards. Um, you, you know, you know. I was thinking about guys like like Grant Stoneman and like some of the guys on, on Greenville. And I think the um, I, I would be surprised if I didn't pick someone from one of those teams eventually. But they also foul a lot. They're very physical. And South Georgia Tormenta doesn't play that physical way, but they get the ball. Um, and when they uh, when someone like Phelps actually tackles you, he's also able to get the ball up quickly and break. Uh, with some line breaking passes and that's the type of player that i want uh, to lock down my center defense so he's, i think he's that's my thing with all tormenta's defense right it seems like all of them are just such great passers and like you said when they go down for a tackle when you look at connor antley right like two of his three assists this year were because of that they were interceptions yeah. she got down and then got up and immediately started springing a counter attack which is important to tormenta's gameplay because that's pretty much their bread and butter, right, is we're going to hold you down defensively and then we're going to counter and you're not going to be able to keep up with our players. You're on the clock, Jason. I am. Okay. Um, so I'm going to switch sides. I'm going to move up a little bit. And since I'm talking about versatility, I'm going to go Nick Moon. Um, Nick Moon, as you're going to put him as your right winger. I'm going to put him as my left winger. Your left winger, okay. Yeah. Um, so Nick Moon, self-explanatory. I think he's the most versatile player in the league. He's had four goals this year. Um, eight of his 11 shots are on target. So not only is he scoring, but he's scoring at an extremely efficient rate. Um, he's got uh, 12 clearances, 12 interceptions. So he, he's a great one-on-one -on -one defender, but he's also great at creating chances, right? So he's the type of player, like we said, if he gets the ball, he's more dangerous because most you know midfielders or wing backs or defensive backs have to kind of pass it kind of have to regroup nick moon does it and especially in a system that where you're pressing you know that's where we've seen his some of his goals come from that's where we've seen some of his chances created come from is he's stealing the ball in the other team's you know final third and then he's making it happen um so yeah i think nick moon just a, an amazing player an amazing story coming in from a closed tryout I'd be shocked if he doesn't have a Chicago Fire trial by the end of the year or during the offseason. And he's really kept that team, you know, when that team needed goals 
the uh, he was really the guy to, uh, to to get them. So when 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 Lansing was really you know behind um, the times, they, they were good at defense. But when even when they high press people, they still had a problem getting a lot of goals. And Nick Moon just you know he finds those goals. Um, you know he only has four of them so far, but I think the fact that he also is very good at chance creation as well is is definitely a a bonus for any team that that might have him. Yeah, and even though he he only has four, when you look at you know what Lansing has done this year, he I believe is number one in goals, right? Yeah, he's number one in goals. I think Rick, Ricky Espin has three, and then he is um, top three in chances created. I think he's only one short of um, Toomey, who has seventeen, um, and Nick has sixteen. So yeah, when you look at every category for Lansing, he's if not the top, he's in the top three. Yeah, for sure. So I am going to go, and you know, Jason, how much I love defensive midfielders. And uh, I think go ahead I, and just take them. Go to Chattanooga and take them. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going to do. I am going <laughs> to take Mr. Ualfi from Chattanooga Red Wolves. Um, you know, he is the midfield destroyer that I think a team that wants to um, that that wants to play fast and get the ball up quick. And occasionally, they're going to uh, a team like that is going to wind up having the uh, the ball intercepted on its way up uh, to one of the uh, front lines and one of the midfielders or wingers. And what you need then is a guy like Uelfi. Not only that, but he also can get up into the attack. We've seen that before where he gets, you know, goes on the far post, is wide open and helps create chances uh, on set pieces. So, uh, you know, great with his head, has a ton of interceptions and um, is uh, is also a, a, another one of those players. When you look at yellow cards, he's not in the top 10 for yellow cards in the yeah. league. So he doesn't that. get a lot of discipline. So he's not the kind of guy who's going to give away dangerous free kicks like 20 yards away. Um, and, uh, you know, is exactly the, the type of player that I think my team really needs holding down that midfield. So yep. Ualfe from Chicago, excuse me, Chattanooga uh, at Red Wolves is my, uh, my pick. Jason, yeah. One yellow, know? one yellow card, you know, 26 interceptions. And then a the thing about him, 85% passing accuracy. So like you said, moving forward, the higher up he is, the more dangerous he starts to get, but then he can also come back. Um, and when it's time for them to flood the box, he's had five blocks this year. Um, so he's not afraid to move up and get in the face of the shooter. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go ahead then, since we're going to do uh, CDMs, I'm going to pick someone who has very identical stats to him, and I'm going to go with Maxi Rodriguez. Um, and I think Maxi is just the kind of player I need. Like you said, if you need a bulldog, that's him. He's everywhere on the field, 26 interceptions, which is the exact same amount as UEFI, uh, except he has 28 tackles won four blocks, 16 clearances, so that's more than UAFE. And he also has the most passes in the league out of all the central defensive midfielders. Um, so, yeah, I think the one downside with Maxi is his, is his aggression. Um, you know, he definitely gets himself in foul trouble. Um, and then the downside of it is if he does it early, right, those first half yellow cards or those first half fouls really affect the gameplay. Um, but when it comes to him uh, with his duels and his clearances, I'm willing to take that chance. Yeah. Maxi Rodriguez is off the board. I am going to go back up to my front line and pick a right winger, a man who can't stop scoring for that team up north called forward Madison. Don Smart is going to be off the board. I knew I should have went down before Maxi, especially since <laughs> I chose that position. That was so dumb of me. Well, so – 
So Don Smart, I think, is the kind of guy who can, you know, he gets into the channel, he gets down the line, beats people for pace. Not only can he yeah. score, but he also can feed the ball into my striker with Perusa there. He can also play off of Perusa, right? Like, can you imagine Don Smart or Perusa linking up? I mean, that could be they can do one twos all the way down the pitch, or all the way into the goal. Where you know, you, you know, you know, Don says you have it. No, you know, you have it, and the two of them just, uh, you know, you know, uh, probably have a bigger problem deciding who's going to take it. So Don Smart, obviously the offensive weapon for forward Madison, really. Um, the guy who uh, who has really helped that team with their their pretty massive run in, in June. I mean, they didn't have a lot of home games to start, but you know the reason why Forward Madison still has a shot at making the playoffs, quite frankly, is because of Don Smart's efforts the last couple of months. Yeah, Don Smart's been the best player in the past month, and that's not up for debate. It's as simple as that. He four goals, three assists. Like you said, chances created twenty two. He's the person that they look to. And the reason why they do that is because he's the best crosser in the league. And to give you an idea of how good of a crosser he is, he's he's 37% accurate on 30 crosses. The person with the highest crossing percentage accuracy closest to him, or, or sorry, more than him, has 13 crosses. So he is just easily the most efficient crossing player. When he gets the ball down the right wing, like you said, you get scared because you don't know if he is going to intersect with someone and come in towards the middle or if he's going to cross it in. Uh, But either way, you're in trouble. And for everything he does offensively too, 13 interceptions, he does come back and track back very well. Yeah, he's easily been League One standout player for the past month. And I'm really kicking myself for choosing a position you already chose, knowing that I should just go ahead and pick the other positions that the best players are still out there for. So great job, Jason. You did it. (laughs) Well, that's what makes these drafts so fun. You are on the clock, Jason. You have one. Let's see. So halfway through. So we we've now picked uh, five players each. So why don't I just quickly review these? Uh, so on Jason's team so far, he has a right back in Connor Antley. He has Maxi Rodriguez playing in that that center defensive midfield spot. He has in front of him a number eight or number ten, depending on how he wants to play that day. But Arturo Rodriguez from North Texas. Nick Moon is your left winger, and Ronaldo Damas is your striker. Uh, for my team so far, I have in the back Mr. Phelps from South Georgia Tormenta. Uelfi is my number six from Chattanooga Red Wolves. David Rodriguez, or Toro's brother, is my uh, my number 10. And then I have Don Smart as my right winger and Mr. Peruza from TFC as my striker. So with that, Jason, you are on the clock. I'm really not going to sleep tonight because I let that go. I should I should have got smart. I should have been smarter. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I am going to go ahead now and make a smart decision and get him while I can. And I'm going to go right back and I'm going to go with Tyler Pollock. And for a lot of people, Tyler Pollock might not stand out. You know, he he does make team of the weeks. He is a player to where he makes impactful plays, but it might not show up on the stat sheet. But I'm going to tell you why he is the player and I think one of the best backs in this league. So both sides of the ball, right? So he 33 interceptions. He leads the league. 28 tackles won. It's fifth. So when it comes to him tracking back and having those one-on-one situations, he's able to intercept those passes and immediately spring into an attack. And those attacks have led to 14 key passes and assists. And then 
he's involved in everything. So usually when backs get that up, that get high up like that, they don't get the track back in time. They rely on a central defensive midfielder to kind of come in. But no, he has the most duels on the team and is winning them at a 62% win rate, which is the best in the league with anyone over 100 duels. Uh, so Pollock, the man, you know, he has a job that doesn't get enough credit. I think he's probably the most tireless person on my team. And yeah, I think Pollock is somebody who, you know, can be playing in USL championship again next year. I think he's come down to Greenville and has kind of had a resurgence and is really showing that he's ready for the next level. I can't disagree. Um, so Tyler certainly is helping Greenville quite a lot. I'm actually going to go on my back line as well, and I am going to take Mr. Kroifik from Lansing Ignite. Um, So he's my first Lansing Ignite player. You know, as a left back, I think um, he's quite – you know, he also gets up the gets up the pitch and attacks. Uh, he has a number of crosses, number of assists, chance, uh, number of chances created, and you know he's one of the. You know, I think. Um, I, I mean, it was between him and probably the player that you're going to take, who um, was uh, was mine. So it, it was basically. You know, I wanted a player who I thought, again, could combine with my guys in the front. And I think, you know, Kroifik and David Rodriguez could probably, um, you know, link up really well going up the pitch. Um, he is fast also in recovery. So when you watch his recovery runs as um, as and, and pressing, uh, he he really gets back very quickly. And although, you know, the, the problem with Lansing, when Lansing's on the attack and they push up their fullbacks, um, there's a lot of room in behind and that's where they've gotten burned several times. But, um, but usually it's on the, uh, it's from the right back side, not from Kroifik's side. So, you know, when, when the ball's up with Nick Moon, um, you know, Kroifik is often there as an outlet pass or, uh, or, or to stretch the, the field. So I'm going to add him as my left back. Okay. And uh, for, for he might be probably the best long ball passing back in the league outside of someone else that I'm not going to mention because I might take him. But um, he that is something that's definitely beneficial for Lansing, especially with this. You're going to say Akira Fitzgerald, right? Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> but uh, uh, when, you, when you have Toomey and St. Duke and those, that speed on the side and he's able to – have an accurate long ball, especially cross field, uh, that does a lot to spread the field and uh, help Lansing's attack. So definitely a strong pick, and I like it. So Jason, you're on the, the pick on the, yep. the clock. One thing I've noticed is that you, uh, if this game was you know coming down the set pieces, you've got some height advantage. So I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, get some height on my team and get someone who. I feel could help lead this team, especially with my young guys like Arturo Rodriguez. And I'm going to go uh, turbo time. I'm going to go in Connor Tobin. Um, leading the league in clearances by a landslide. He's got 72 clearances. The next closest is 55. Um, I think outside of one situation in Orlando uh, where he got beat down the side and tripped on his own feet, he's been great with one-on-one defending. He's been clearing everything that comes his way. And I think that, you know, with his aerial dual win percentage of over 60%, uh, he is somebody that I feel confident with leading that back line and being that veteran presence that every team needs. 
very good pick. Uh, I am also going to fill out the. Uh, I'm also going to fill out my other center back spot here, and I'm going to take someone who I talked to not so long ago, and someone who I know is also very strong on set pieces, and that is going to be Kyle Ventner, the captain mm. of FC Tucson. I believe he might be the first FC Tucson player that we. Uh, that we have on the board here, but that's not because we don't like FC Tucson. It's just because of you know the the players and the skill sets that we need for our team. Certainly for my team, that's that's what it is. So and he, Kyle Ventner is my other center back. And that's I, it's probably my favorite pick from you. He was definitely somebody that I had as a second option, and he's somebody too that is a great passer and is good at moving forward, and somebody that you can kind of move to the right back position or move to a position uh, position on the side to get him going forward. So, yeah, I, I really like that pick. Yeah, it's an interesting one because, you know, Tucson often plays in a kind of a three-center-back system, and he plays the right center-back, so he does press forward on occasion. So that's the other thing that I like is, again, both Phelps and Ventner, uh, they can play those line-breaking passes from the center-back spot, and that's the kind of thing that I was looking for. Yeah, he uh, and I think he has – I mean, he had a couple shots on goal. I'm th pretty sure he has two goals, right? He scored two goals in subsequent weeks, one with his head, and one was a great left-footed volley off of a uh, off of a set piece. Yeah, he. Uh, I'm I'm a little I'm a little hurt that you got to him, but that's a great one. 35 clearances, so he's up there with the league leaders, and uh, 49 duels won of his 68 duels. So he is somebody that you are not going to get off the ball. All right, your turn. With uh, I think we have. Four spots left. Uh, is that right? I think so. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and finish off my back line then. And since we're talking about chemistry and connectivity, I'm going with Cole Seiler uh, to link up with Tyler Pollock. I think those two on the left side have been amazing. And I think Cole Seiler, uh, again, if you haven't noticed, my whole team is about putting people who can play in multiple positions, right? So Tyler can play multiple, uh, Arturo can, Connor can. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to add Cole on there, 19 clearances, 11 interceptions, 55 of 84 aerial duels won. So we were talking about set pieces. I think that's important. And I think he's pretty dangerous moving forward to the point where he's played in the midfield. He's played on the back line. He's had 12 key passes, and he's passing at a 74% accuracy rate. Um, so I think with him, he's not afraid to be placed anywhere on the field. And then you know, having the second most duels on the team right behind uh, Tyler Pollock with a 60% win rate, that's not bad either. So I like a consistent player that you can put in multiple positions, and that's the definition of Cole Seiler. Okay, and just because you haven't taken him yet, I am going to go with a goalkeeper. I'm going to pick Mr. Mangles, which I was actually 100% surprised that he didn't go off the board. You know, obviously he's really been um, he's been a key for them, making sure that they you know they, they other some teams didn't run up the score against them. Um, he's super athletic, and you know, for for my money, he's been the best goalkeeper in in the league so far. I mean, there's been a few others, you know, guys like Dallas J and Cleveland, and even Fitzgerald. I mean, Fitzgerald's done some amazing things, especially when the Richmond back line is. Not doing very well, and he, right. he has to has to make a lot of saves. But uh, you know, Mangles obviously has been one of the uh, one of the highlights uh, of of League One so far. Yeah, and by highlights we mean most saves in the league, most catches in the league, most punches in the league, and tied for most clearances of all goalkeepers in the league. So, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a no brainer. I think that he's the best keeper in the league. I think that other keepers may have had 
you know, some some outstanding performances and might have outshined him from week to week. But uh, no, I think you're right. I think 100% he's just the best keeper in the league. How, how long is it until uh, until Mangles actually uh, is a starter for, um, for an MLS team? Yeah, it de- it depends what kind of deal Hankinson wants to wants to keep because listen, without Mangles, Chattanooga's last place in this league or second to last place, and that's not an exaggeration. He has kept them in so many games, and when you look at their score lines, they're winning games one nothing, two one. If it's not for four incredible saves, five incredible saves per game from him, they're losing those games or at least at the, you know tying them and only getting a point. Um, so they're season depends on him and that's you know, it sounds dramatic is not so i think hankinson is gonna i don't know and you might know because you're you're the rule guy i don't know if they can put fees on players and they can they can get money or but i would definitely be putting a million dollar transfer fee on him and saying okay if you want them that bad they're going well they yeah they could say that i mean it depends on so it depends so for mangles uh from chattanooga red wolves it depends on what his contract's like so if he's on a one-year contract with a one-year extension they could extend that contract and then and then say in the offseason hey someone has to come pay for him i i don't know if any player in league one would necessarily get a million dollar transfer fee but i could certainly see them getting you know, half a million dollars or $600,000 or something like that. I'm just saying that if I'm Hankinson, that's what I'm doing because while it's great to get money, I think he's way too important uh, to sell off right now. I think, you know, you can sell off, you know, UEFA or somebody else and try to slide someone in as a central defensive midfielder. You're not doing that with Mangles. He's just too much of a difference maker. Jason, you're on the clock with your third to last pick. Well, since you keep stealing players uh, and that I'm stupidly not picking, knowing that you've already selected positions that I'm picking, let me go ahead and get my number 10 now, and I'm going to get Charlie Dennis from Tormenta FC. Charlie Dennis is a chance creator, and he is somebody who is dominant in the midfield, no matter where in the midfield he is. A big guy, second most chances created in the league, has two goals and assists to his name. 32 tackles, killing it with his duels, has 213 duels. He is everywhere. He is a physical president, a presence no matter where he's at. He's winning over 56% of those, has 10 clearances, 22 crosses. And if that's not enough, he has drawn 29 fouls. So he is a complete difference maker. I think my favorite thing about him, though, is when Tormenta is countering or when any team is going to counter, he is that pivot in the offense. He can turn his back to goal and can allow for the wingers to sprint down the side, and he has the passing accuracy to get it to them, and that's how he creates those chances. And he is somebody that no matter where you're putting in, whether you need him to get further back down the field to help defend, he is somebody who is very uh, important in the pivot of any kind of attack and midfield plan. So I'm 100% happy he's still on the board, and that is my first pick for my number 10. And, you know, in the quarter, the back quarter half of this, you know, half the first half of the season, he's probably been Tormenta's most important player uh, as, you know, Micheletto and Coutinho, they're still creating chances. They're still getting down the side, but I don't think it happens without him as the pivot. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I mean, you know, Charlie Dennis is certainly the the player who uh, controls that midfield and just makes sure that um, that the the ball gets out to the the wingers and uh, and up front. I mean, his his passing accuracy and and just his vision is you know I don't want to say second to none because guys like Atoro Rodriguez 
um, certainly certainly are up there. Um, but he is is key to the offense for South Georgia, and, and it has been for um, basically all season. I mean, he was kind of quiet in the beginning. I think guys like Coutinho kind of overshot him by some of the, the the moves and highlights that he got. But if you're looking for someone who was um, very very consistent, I think that you have that Charlie Dennis has to be up there. Um, plus, he's a scoring threat as well, right? So it's not only his his passing and chance creation. It's also um, it's also the fact that he's not afraid to to have one every now and again. Yeah. All right. So I I'm I'm of a mind to pick a right back and finish off my back line, uh, particularly since I have both of mine. And I'm actually going to Don't pick a, my first Richmond kicker, okay. and I'm going to pick Eli Lockerbie. Okay. Uh, the reason being, he didn't have a great game this past weekend, but I, I I like a lot of the things that I see from him. I like the fact that he gets up to pitch, that he's not afraid to get into the attack. And like I mentioned, you know, I plan on having a very counterattacking kind of team, and and he's not playing in that system. He's playing in more of a um, in much more of a possession based system that uh, that Richmond's been playing. But I think if you played him faster, I think Lockerbie would be very good in a system where he can get up the pitch, just combine once or twice, and, uh, you know, get the ball in. He's not one of the he's, – he's not a Connor Antley type of, of – um, of Crosser or Kroifik, but I have Kroifik on the other side to be my number one uh, 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 crosser. But if Lockerbie's on the other side being able to get up the pitch and, and transition quickly, I think that he would uh, he would be very helpful for this particular team in our um, in our style of play. Yeah, so, and, and speed kills probably the fastest you know back in the league if not you know one of them. So yeah, he's he's probably uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to guess who if he's not one in the top three then i would be very surprised right yeah not i like it i like it um yeah moving on so this is this is tough for me i'm saving keeper for last because you know i'm I'm done uh, making stupid decisions but i have two guys that come to mind for this last up top spot and one of them is probably one of the most underrated players in the league and the hardest working player in the league and the other definitely gets the credit um, and puts the ball in the back of the net. <sighs> do I have a coin around me? I don't, I don't know how to do this. I'm, all right. I'm going to go ahead just because I need goal scorers. I have a lot of people who create chances. And I'm just going to go Steven Beattie. Um, seven goals, you know, in, in 24 shots. So he's scoring a goal pretty much every three and a half shots. He can also create chances. He's got 15 chances created and he's coming back and winning 11 of his 19 tackles. So he's an important player for Chattanooga. He's pretty much their offensive power. Uh, you've got Pineda, who recently has been the one creating those chances, but BD's the one who they depend on to get the ball into the back of the net. And since I have a team of all chance creators, I need to be able to have someone to put that ball in the back of the net, whether it's through crosses, whether it's through through balls. And yeah, BD's that guy. Uh, so BD certainly been uh, the Chattanooga Red Wolves, you know, driving force, particularly when uh, when uh, Zayed's been on the bench. So there hasn't been a lot of others who are just willing to score and has that nose for goal. So and and I think he can play multiple positions, like you said. He yep. is one of the, believe it or not. Uh, you know, most people would would be very surprised, but he's up there on the cross leaders board. And you know, the the fact that you have a 
um, you know, what who I would consider a number ten, being um, you know the the seventh having the seventh most crosses in the league would be uh, pretty surprising. So he's able to you know get out onto the wing. He's able to you know kind of be that free ranging number ten underneath your striker. So I think if you play a four two three one or a four four two, um, and and he's kind of withheld a little bit, and you have someone else in front of him, which you know obviously we both do. I mean, Ronaldo Damas is not a bad guy to be in front of BD for BD to be feeding if uh, BD's not. Not scoring himself so i think that's that's a great show all right so for me um i am going to pick another toronto two player um again someone who you know he he's very quiet and then he pops up and does absolutely amazing stuff and i'm going to pick schaffelberg from tfc2 okay. um obviously a teammate of peruse's but he uh uh, he's really impressed me as well. I would be—he's uh, one of the players who I would be really surprised if he did not go up to the first team by the end of the season or or the the oh, offseason. Oh, oh, he has. He uh, not oh, only, I, I, yeah. I missed that. Yep. So not only did he sign with TFC, he actually played for them last week and came on and had two assists. Well, one assist, and then the other was an assist that was deflected off defender who tried to you know, kick it out and it still ended up in the back of the net or still ended up as a goal for Toronto. So I guess it counts as a That's great. I knew he signed a homegrown deal, but I did not yeah. realize that he oh, saw yeah. the field. You know, there's been so much international soccer that it's been hard for me to keep up yeah. with MLS League yeah, One and all the international play. So yeah. and and was well then I feel even better about my team. You should, yeah, you should. And he and it wasn't like he went out there and played a B team for you know, a Colorado or, you know, a team that he played against an Atlanta defense. And up until last week, Atlanta statistically was one of, if not the best defenses in the league. So for him to be able to take that space, take players one-on-one -on -one and send in those accurate crosses. Uh, yeah. He definitely got a shout out from uh, Toronto's captain and he uh, is probably going to be playing for more games for Toronto in, on the first team. Awesome. So you have one more pick. It has to be a goalkeeper. It does. And you know, um, you know, in the laws of the game, it says you cannot play without a goalkeeper. You can play with seven players on the pitch, but one of them must be a goalkeeper. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm just gonna go ahead. Dallas Jay. I'm gonna pick Dallas J. Yeah. How did I? How did I know that? Go with my Siler, my Polak uh, backline chemistry and have Jay in there. One thing I like about Jay is his positioning. Um, I think that what he does is he positions himself well to make the saves and he does less work than a lot of the goalkeepers. Um, and that's what's helped him, you know, have not as many saves, right? He's only had 20 saves this year, but, you know, that's thanks to a stingy defense. But like I said, out of those saves, a lot of those are catching the ball and not necessarily having to dive out because he positions himself so well. Um, so, yeah, and I think, you know, on top of that with his passing and on top of him, you know, giving Guam, you know, a, a good uh, clearance of the next round for World qualification, world Cup qualifiers, you know, got to shout out Dallas uh, doing it for both club and country. Yeah, I was, I was looking at this, and I, I was thinking he might be the only player here who's played in senior team – uh, World Cup qualifying, unless BD did at some point, um, he he may have been. I'm not aware of that, but I yeah. think that he's probably the only one. Yeah. Well, now and I have ten, only ten goals conceded, right? So yeah, it, I mean, the issue is yeah. So Greenville just can't score. It's not their defense right. that's that's a problem. I mean, they have right. less than one goal per game, and they you know unfortunately also have scored 
far less than one goal per game. Oh, and guess what? They have the person who has had the most shot attempts in the league. <laughs> so that's yeah. not a good formula. Although maybe it's different. Uh, Jake Keegan scored a couple the last uh, – scored, what, three of the last two games, right? He should so, because he is uh, 36 shots attempted, which is 11 more than the second most in the league. So, <laughs> All right, so now I have to pick. So I, I'm going to need your help, Jason. I'm going to ask you. Okay, so for my left winger – I have Paolo Jr. from Forward Madison, Serbly like from TFC2, Devin Jamga from FC Tucson, Joe Gallardo from Richmond, or Mickey Rowe from South Georgia. Actually, I can't pick Mickey Rowe because I think I have three South Georgia people already. Is that right? No, I only have – no, no, I don't. I'm good. Yeah, I can. I, I don't have more than two from any, any team. So so who do, I, who do I pick here? Hmm. Oh, Ahmed. <laughs> oh Muhammad, that's a good pick too. But he I didn't I didn't have him on my list. I, I think you know what I, I think I'm gonna go with Paolo Jr. I mean again, like part of this is chemistry, right? Like I've really liked how he's able to, you know, get what he and Don Smart get really wide and then he makes those they both make those runs in behind to the far post for the other to uh, to get on the end of crosses. Like, you know, he's I, I don't have the statistic here, but I think Don Smart and Paolo Jr. probably have combined the most of any two guys on the front line oh, uh, yeah. in, in terms of assists. I, I find that hard to believe that that they didn't. Um, but they're they're up there, and uh, um, you know I really like his movement off the ball, uh, which is something that's created a lot of the um, which created a lot of the space for the rest of the forward Madison uh, attack to get into, um, and he I think just fits the system. Um, so why don't we do this since we have a couple of minutes here? Why don't we say you know what what one one attacker, one defender, and one midfielder. Um, you know, would you take to be on your bench? So we'll just we'll make a very small bench. We won't make a seven-player bench. Let's just make a three-player bench. So, so who would be your first player? Let's say in your back line that you, uh, you know, someone you didn't choose or or and is still on the board. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to get away from Greenville, uh, even though I think Kevin Pulitz is definitely a lock of a pick in the back. And I'm going to give a shout out to Dante Campbell. I think that Dante Campbell is one of the most underrated defenders in this league, and I think that Toronto FC plays completely different when he is on the field. Um, 30 interceptions, which is third in the league. He's winning 69% of his duels at 111 duels, which is insane to me. He's only lost six aerial duels all year, and he's also created nine chances. So he has the ability to go up, and he has the speed to move up too. So I think Dante Campbell is somebody who, if he keeps playing consistently this well, uh, knowing Toronto FC has had injuries on their back line and has a lot of players that look like they're not going to be re-signing. He's somebody that you might see getting a first-team contract at the end of the year. Yeah, he's gotten better too. I, I wasn't so impressed with him the first month or five weeks, um, but he kind of grew into the game. Like, I don't know if part of it was a, a chemistry thing. I think individually he's really good, but he didn't kind of mesh and, and seem to have good chemistry. There were a couple of times when he held held some players off uh, on side and, and, you know, but I think as the seasons progressed and he's kind of built himself into, uh, into that team. And, and I think that's a great shout. So I'm going to say, I'm going to do the back line as well. And I'm going to pick Mr. Ackway from Richmond. Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, not a team that's been doing particularly well uh, on the score sheet, 
but as an individual player, I think you know he he's good at passing. He's good on set pieces. Uh, he wins a lot of his aerial duels. I don't have the stats like like you do um, for him, but he is. Uh, I, I you know he's one of the better defenders I think overall. Um, I, I like his defensive positioning as well. So he would be uh, one of my players off the bench. Um, I would have considered, and you know, I, neither of us have poets, but we have to give him a shout out because yep. you know he he is a regular on the back line. In fact, he had played. Um, for the uh, New York Red Bulls too, and I was really surprised when they didn't re-sign him. I yeah, mean, I, he only played seven or eight games for them last year, but I was very impressed in every game that he played in. And he was my number two pick if somebody had got selected. And like I said, you know, I I'm, was trying to stay away from Greenville, but that's why I mentioned him first. He's just been in a lockdown all year. It's not even debatable. Yeah. Okay, so who would you take for your in your midfield? All right. So, okay. So we're going to do midfield and then forward because that yep, helps me out a lot. Okay. Yep. So now when we talk about off the bench, are we talking about super subs or are we just talking about players who are the best bench players, like some, players someone, who can come in and start? I, I, well, I would think someone gets injured who slots in. Mm, okay. Right? So it could be a super sub or, you know, just someone who, uh, you know, just someone who would be a starter, but kind of your number four. Right. Okay. So if you have three midfielders, who's your number four? So I'm going to go ahead then, and I am going to choose um, Griffin Dorsey. Ooh. And this is why. And so I was doing a lot of comparative stats between Griffin and Joe Gallardo and Serbsley, and I'm going to tell you they are all pretty much the same, but here's the difference. So you look at Griffin Dorsey, three assists, a goal, 18 chances created, 15 tackles won. So you look at Joe Gallardo, zero assists, but four goals, 19 chances created, so one more, and has a 10% accuracy passing compared to Griffin's 25%, um, and he's only won half the tackles that Dorsey's won, right? But the key stat in this is that Gallardo has played four whole games more than Griffin, and that's what really stands out to me. Griffin Dorsey has only played 810 minutes, it has already been such a huge impact for Toronto. Um, and like I said, both sides of the but ball. I have, a, I have a question, though. Do you think that that's because of the the system style and form of the team? Because TFC has uh, – TFC2 has been quietly one of the best teams in the league, right? Whereas, yeah. you know, Richmond has had issues, you know, both with, you know, chemistry and style and kind of rotation and – you know, so Joe Gallardo's had those individual moments for sure, and he's shown that, that individual brilliance. But, you know, he also hasn't necessarily had a very cohesive team around him. Um, Which you know, whereas TFC, I, I think, does. And not, you know, not that Dorsey hasn't been spectacular, but, you know, you put Dorsey right. and Schaffelberg and, you know, those guys next to each other, and, you know, they are very potent when they, get, I, the, they're, they're, they get the ball to Perusa. Amazing. I, I think with Gallardo, for instance, is great on one-on-one, right? And I think that he's the better finisher, obviously, but he can't create the way that Dorsey can because Dorsey separates himself. He's good in like on stride. He's good at combinations, those give and goes with Perusa, and he's created those chances cohesively through a whole team as opposed to one-on-one situations. And I think that's the part that's missing from Joe's game. I think that Dorsey can go both one-on-one and create chances, you know, with a give and go or, you know, with the off ball through ball. Um, so yeah, I think that's what stood out to me. And like when we talked about with the passing, right, like you have to have a better passing percentage 
um, in that final third. And right now, Joe just doesn't have it. Well, because once I score two or three on you, I am going to drop back into a 4-2-3-1 instead of the 4-3-3. I, of course, I'm going to take a defensive midfielder. I'm going to take Mr. Jada from North yep. Texas as my go. third North Texas pick. There you um, go. You know, he, you know we, we've talked about him on this show quite frequently. He's just another midfield destroyer. He was my second choice after Ualfe. And, uh, you know, the fact that he's still on the board, I would have to take him and, and put him on my bench and, you know, maybe even platoon him with Ualfe every once in a while as well. Okay, your, and, uh, your, your front quick, line, winger, forward. Real quick, I, I think out of all the players we talked about and we've been mentioning MLS a lot, I think Jada – has a chance of signing that contract before anybody else. And so if you haven't heard with FC Dallas, Grezo went ahead and signed um, to a European, I think it was, was it Bayern? It was some. No, no he went to, um, uh, he went to Augsburg. Augsburg. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 4.5 million Dallas continues to grow the reputation, but now Jada has a spot, right? Jada has the opportunity to come on in and see if he can do it at the, at the higher level. And I think with FC Dallas, you see, they're not afraid to play their kids. They're not afraid to give them those chances. I think Jada's proved it a lot, right? Like Jada was so dominant with the midfield. They said, okay, we know you can do this. We're going to put you back as a center back because we need help with that. You're obviously our tallest player. And I think he's done a phenomenal job, you know, playing in that role too. So watch out for Jada uh, in an MLS game pretty soon. I think he's going to be the first one uh, that have a chance. Yeah, he's very physical as as well, and he's not afraid to go into chances. So, you know, there's like one one thing when you look, talk about technical, tactical, mental, and physical. Uh, he's also brave, right? So if you think about, like, you know, how brave you have to be. And, and the two positions besides goalkeeper, because, of course, goalkeeper, you have to be a little bit insane anyway. But, you, you know, it's basically, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm the third-string goalkeeper on my over-40 team, so um, I, which means that I have to play about half the games. Um, but you're, you're basically your center backs and your striker, right? Like, those are the those are the players that you have to make sure are brave, and I think that that Jad has shown that he's brave going up for those chances and uh, and is willing to go there. Okay, two more picks. Your backup forward. It could be a, a winger, striker, uh, or you know, basically attacking midfielder. So when I picked BD, I was talking about debating with somebody else, and this person I believe is probably the most underrated forward in the league because of what he does off the ball. And that is Tormenta FC's Alex Morel. I think he's been absolutely phenomenal this year. Three goals, two assists, 20 chances created, and his work rate is incredible. He's 90% tackle win rate. He's consistently pressing. He's put anywhere on the field to where he can go push in the midfield or he stays higher up and works back and forth with Charlie Dennis. I just think that he's an incredible player that if you put on any team, they, you just make them they, – they get better. His his work rate's incredible. He's an engine. And I think if something were to happen to Charlie Dennis or if something were to happen to uh, Mikey Rowe, they can just place him in up top and Tormenta would still be cruising the way they are now. I just think that he is that kind of player to where he's impactful no matter where he's at. All right. My forward, you know, so I'm – basically very, very torn uh, because I was considering, so I have, I have a lot of forward players already. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have two forward players on my list to play center forward striker. Um, 
and none of them are none of them are traditional strikers, which is hilarious. Yeah, like like, like a JC Banks, right? Like he's yeah. not your traditional like striker winger. He he he's more of a uh, but he is an attacker, right? But he he shows up he shows up where he needs to, which is an interesting thing. And I think the fact that he can play on the wing or in the middle, I think makes him um, you know very um, you know very appealing here. But believe it or not, you know, so we we haven't picked any OCB players at all. Um, and actually, on my list of potential strikers, I do have an OCB player. So I have uh, Tiago Sousa yep. uh, on, on my go. list. And, you know, I, I, you know, so between him and JC Banks is kind of what I'm uh, what I'm considering right now. But I think I will go with Tiago Sousa um, just because he's it's something different. Um, I think that, you know, while OCB sits at the bottom of the table, it doesn't mean that their individual players are necessarily bad. They, they play bad as a team, but they show these, you know, we've all watched these games where they've shown a lot of brilliance at, at times. And then, you know, early on, like they've scored a lot of goals. Um, like the last time I looked and Jason, you'll, you'll correct me here, but I think they might have the fourth most goals scored. The problem is, is that they get scored on a lot uh, as well. Like they, they uh, but that might have been two weeks ago, and they, I think they haven't scored a goal in two weeks. So that's yeah, probably they've been struggling recently. Um, yeah, very recently. But but generally speaking, they they've let in a lot of they let in a lot of goals, but they didn't really have a problem scoring at least for the first you know ten weeks of the season or so. So um, and and Souza was one of the guys who was if not creating the chances and, and getting some of the assists. Yep. Um, so you, you look on you look on the team stats and. He's he leads a lot of the team stats in the offensive half for OCB. That's not saying much because again, you know they're one of the weakest teams. But nonetheless, when uh, you, you know when you're the best player on a bad team, you probably still deserve to be uh, to, to be shouted out. And but he, go with him. he he does it on both sides of the ball, right? So he started the year, you know, kind of playing that wing back position, and then they started moving him up, and now he's pretty much in the final third. But he has the speed, and we've seen it. To you know, he had a goal earlier this year to where he literally started the counterattack from his own box and just ran full speed and beat the whole team to score a goal. And just to give you some statistics, when it comes to tackles, Juan, he's got 22 compared to Nick Moon, who we consider you know one of the best one-on-one tacklers, and he's got a higher success rate too, at 71% compared to Moon's 68. He's got 17 interceptions, which is better than Nick Moon's. And then when you look at his attacking, he's got four goals. Three of them, you know, granted were penalties, but he's got 13 key passes. He's got an assist. He he's a good player. And I do think that Orlando City B, if they need creativity, obviously they have Nani right now, but that's someone that you kind of look and say, okay, this has a per- this is a person who has an opportunity to move up if he consistently plays that. Um, I yeah, think so he, he has he has four goals so far, so that leads his team. Um, right. you know, Ose Wusu, who used to be on the Richmond Kickers and is on OCB this year, he has three. So, so you know, be, between between the two of them, they have uh, you know a significant share of their goals. I mean, consider this, you know. Don Smart only has four goals, right? And he's one of the players that we picked almost instantly. And then meanwhile, on a, from a bad team, you have Tiago Sousa, who also has four goals. And, you know, he, he so he deserves to be on one of these teams. I mean, the, the only the only player actually uh, in the top, uh, well, we, Pepe's off the board because he didn't play seven games. But I think the only player who we don't have that has four or more goals, Jake Keegan is the only one. Uh, right. And you know, he and Eamon Zayed as well. 
Yeah, um, and I'm not so, picking Keegan to take some 20 million times to actually score for. Yeah, exactly. He's not not clinical <laughs> enough. So, so yeah, I'm not surprised. But but yeah, Eamon Zayed was maybe is maybe the one surprise here that uh, neither of us picked him. Instead, you know, we picked uh, uh, we picked guys from MLS two teams instead. Yeah, we, go, um, we go we go with the young guys, right? You know, like Zayed, he he definitely is a clinical finisher with his head. Um, but my question is physical like how many games is he playing is he playing the full game i know i can throw renato damas in a game and he's going to play 90 minutes you know for every game that he i want him to play 90 minutes for i don't think i can do the same with iman Zaid. right uh so we're going to uh, why don't i just uh quickly read off who we have uh okay. jason jason you have up top leading your line ronaldo damas from north texas you have Nick Moon from Lansing next to him and BD on the other side from Chattanooga Red Wolves. You have Arturo Rodriguez from North Texas and Charlie Dennis um, as your number eights or tens. Uh, Charlie Dennis from South Georgia Tormenta, of course, and Maxi Rodriguez from the Richmond Kickers as your defensive midfielder. Uh, your uh, wingbacks or, or, or left and right back are Tyler Polak and Connor Antley. Uh, uh, Tyler from Greenville um, Triumph and Connor Antley from South Georgia Tormenta. You have Connor Tobin and Siler in the back. Uh, Dallas J again from Greenville. So you have one, two, three. Uh, yeah, you have three. Okay, three Greenville players. You have Dallas J in goal. Yeah. And on your bench, you have uh, Dante Campbell, Griffin Dorsey, and Alex Morrell. Oh, yeah. On, That's on a team. My, on my team, which is going to destroy your team. <laughs> uh, leading my line, I have Mr. Perusa from TFC2. I have Paolo Jr. and Don Smart, both from Forward Madison, on the wings. I have David Rodriguez from North Texas and Mark Schaffelberg from TFC2 uh, as my uh, number 10s. Uh, behind them, I have my midfield destroyer, Mr. Welfe from Chattanooga Red Wolves. And uh, as my right and left backs, I have Eli Lockerbie uh, from Richmond Kickers on the right and Kroifik from Lansing uh, Ignite on the left. I have Phelps and Ventner in the back from South Georgia Tormenta and FC Tucson, respectively, and my Chattanooga Red Wolves uh, goalkeeper, Alex Mangles. On my bench, I have uh, Richmond Kicker center back, Mr. Akwe. I have North Texas uh, midfield destroyer, Jata. And I have Tiago Sousa from OCB as my attacking option off the bench. With that, Jason, anything else that you'd like to uh, say tonight? This might be a little bit of a hot take, so hold on to your horses, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot of good players in USL League One. I'll say it. Some of you guys don't have the uh, courage to say it, but guess what? I do. I'll say it. I have to say that I've been very impressed with the both the style of play that teams are trying as well as the individual talent that these teams have shown. And I, I, I hope that a lot of these teams stay together because I think one of the challenges that some of the teams have had is is a lack of chemistry, right? You see the teams that have better chemistry like and, and you noted this even before the, the season started, Jason, a team like South Georgia Tormenta or North Texas or TFC two those players have been together for years. And, and when you have that kind of chemistry and understanding about the system and style of play, it's going to show. So I think some of the teams that 
um, aren't doing quite as well yet. I think as time goes on, if a majority of those players stay together and they add in a couple of pieces that they need here and there, really you could wind up with a very, very exciting league. And, and, uh, and I really look forward to see how that shapes up. And you're seeing it happen. Lansing and Ford, you know, up until this last week with Lansing, those are two teams who we kind of expected a lot of who, you know, were slow at the gate and now they're really starting to find their style and get it together, especially Ford, right? Like Ford could have beat, could have been the first team to beat Toronto at home. They had the chances, just, you know, couldn't put the ball in then and Silva had a couple spectacular saves, which we'll talk about on tomorrow's show. But yeah, I think that the final uh, half of this, or especially the final quarter of the season is going to be wild. It's going to be some must-see TV for any soccer fan. And keep in mind, we're only two months away from the uh, roster freeze deadline for the uh, for the playoffs. So that is uh, early September. So, so Greenville, get your striker. Yeah, I don't exactly. Know. Greenville, Greenville you got to get in the market now. Otherwise, you're going <laughs> to be in trouble. Jason, where can people find you? You can find me at Home Sweet Soccer. And you can find me at Ira Jersey on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts and check out bgn.fm for other great soccer podcasts and written content covering USL League One, USL Championship, USL League Two, NWSL, MLS, and much more. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice to get your custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf pro provider of MLS, USL, and the U.S. Women's National Team, who are going to the finals on Sunday. Get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Jason, thanks for hanging out with me tonight and doing our draft all-star teams. Make sure you vote on Twitter. We need to know how badly my team would beat Jason. I can't believe I let you get Alex Mangles. I, I can't believe I, I did that to myself. Well, you did. Have a good <laughs> night, Jason.